guys, so like a few minutes ago, we just finished playing your first match of the Pokemon trading card game. What did you think about it? It was dope, dude. Um, you have a giant collection. You have like a one by one foot cube of cards. cards. Dense. You have holographics. You have the basic ones. You got some of the classics. Uh, it's it's dope. I haven't played a, a Pokemon card game in like 20 years. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so it brings a lot of memories of, of both good and bad because <laughs> I, I had little kids trying to jack my folder full of cards. You did tell me that. Yeah, they they eventually got to my cards. Um, I'd lose a ton of them. I never had a giant collection, you know. Did you have a Charizard card? Do you remember? I think I did. I but I didn't have like what you have. I had my folder, but I never had it. Like you explained that you had, you need a good variation for it. Right. Well, to play the game, you have to have like non Pokemon cards. Also, you have to have like the energies and the trainers yeah. to like actually play the game the way it's meant to be played. Yeah. So we played around right before the pod, and I I was thinking too far ahead. I stacked my... You weren't focused on the now. Yeah, the, the players in the field, I neglected them. I let them take a beating. I was trying to beef up the, the characters on the bench. You got ahead of yourself. Yeah, so you, you we played it with like four cards on the side? Yeah, we had four prize cards, which is like... what Yeah, knock out four Pokemon and win, basically. Yeah, so I, I lost. Mm-hmm. That's that. Um, I actually wanted to ask you before we started this. I wanted to ask you uh, what you thought. You said you went to see Resident Evil, right? I did see. I saw Resident Evil last week. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh. Well. I mean, I'll 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 say this. It is the most faithful adaptation of the like seven Resident Evil films we've had. Mm-hmm. The the first six with uh, Mila Jovovich, like those were like after the first two movies, they just like veered way off course. So, like we're like nothing like the games, basically. Yeah. But Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Like, you tell the people who made the film, like, are huge fans of the series. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they put in so many, like, nods and Easter eggs and, like, kind of, like, winks and nudges. Like, oh, like, you played the game. You know what this is. Like, like, Mm -hmm. okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. And the thing is, though, when you make a movie kind of like this, you have to make it so it's accessible to even people who are not, like, super hardcore fans. Mm -hmm. Because as I was watching the movie, like, I have the you know the foresight and knowledge of the lore and stuff so i can can, my mind was consciously filling in the gaps for some things but then i was thinking about certain things where like if i didn't know what i knew like would i know what's going on right now and the answer was no not really yeah like i can imagine when she plays a sonata people might be like why is she taking her time to play this shit right well actually it was wesker who does it but that's not that's not a big spoiler or anything no, because that is explained. He has, like, a little thing with him that's, like, guiding him to, like, do the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to do that. But, like, like many spoilers, because it's in the trailer, like, at one point there's a liquor that shows up. Mm-hmm. And the film up until that point explains, like, why the zombies, like, they're the infected, like, the virus, the T-virus and all that. Mm-hmm. But there is no what they I – nev- at no point do they explain what a liquor is. It just shows up on the ceiling, has a long tongue, has, like, its skin inside out. Well, that doesn't sound too bad because we didn't know when we first played the game. Well, that's not true, though. Cause it, so the thing is with the games, you have like the benefit of like documents and yeah, files, notes, yeah. which doesn't translate well to film, especially mm-hmm. when you don't have documents or files for like the audience to read. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff is just there's no nuance. It's just kind of it's just there as like like the people who care get it. And the people who are just there to watch a movie with their boyfriend or their sister or whatever are kind of just like, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So, 
anyways, that's my major complaint. But it's still good. It's still like fun. Like the the special effects for the budget because yeah. it was like maybe like a twenty five million budget, which is like nothing really for movies. Like the effects are pretty decent. I kind of get the vibe that this film was made in the eighties with current day tech. Yes, because the movie is set in the actual timeline of the games, which uh-huh. is 1998. Yeah. So, like, nobody has cell phones. Yeah. They all have, like, beepers and pagers, which mm-hmm. works because, like, there's supposed to be a lockdown on the city, right? Yeah. Just like in the games. If people had cell phones, like, that lockdown wouldn't be very effective. How did you feel about them crunching three games? Well, technically, they crunched... Yeah, they crunched two games. What? So, what they do, which I actually thought was clever... Was they have the events of Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 taking place simultaneously at the same time. Okay. So Claire and Leon are at the police station just as Alpha Alpha team is at the Spencer Mansion at okay. the same time. So like the viral outbreak occurs at both places at the same time. Which is really clever. Be- I think it's really clever because one, you don't have like the bloat of having to explain two stories back to back. Like here's all of Resident Evil 1 and like Here's all of Resident Evil 2. You have them cut back and forth. So, like, as one group is, like, starting to, like, okay, we just had an encounter. Like, things are calming down. Like, let's go check in on the other team kind of thing. So, like, the pacing, for the most part, like, after the action actually starts off is actually decent. The only problem is that that movie is about an hour, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. F- the first, like, 40 minutes, like, they haven't even gotten to the mansion yet. So, like, the first act is, like, all set up, and it takes so long for, like, the payoff, kind of. Okay. So, that's my issue with the pacing. But, like, once the action gets rolling, going back between Alpha Team and, like, the Clara and Leon, like, it's pretty seamless. It's pretty good. So. So, about the characters. Earlier today, I sent you an Instagram photo of Big Boss, and the artist rendition was, um, what's his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. And I thought Big Boss as Chris Evans looked fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But the question is, did it kind of bother you that like Jill and they didn't look... Jill, like... I don't mind too much. Okay. Jill, I don't mind too much because Jill is played by the actress who plays Ghost in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. She's the, the, the villain of that movie. Yeah. She's Jill in this movie. And like, she looks... Her... Her portrayal of jill is close enough where it doesn't really bother me it's mm-hmm. fine i actually don't i don't care it's the depiction of leon that really irritates me is it just the look or mannerisms the or... mannerisms more than anything that i like i mentioned i think we talked about this like way before the movie came out i said like it doesn't matter how they look like if, as long as they can pull off like the character mm-hmm. and uh, i forget the guy's name but uh avon jogi i think his name is he the way they write his character, his Leon is like Leon's very incompetent. He's kind of like a bumbling kind of like, like the comedic relief. If you notice, this is kind of a consistent with Hollywood. They tend to make their males really fucking incompetent. Well, it's only him though, because the other males in the movie are actually very competent. Well, a lot of films do this shit. They make the males like just stupid, bumbling. Because like Chris idiots. and Wesker and I forget the other guy's name. The other ones in like Alpha Team, like they're pretty, they're not like dumb. It's so, just Leon that's really dumb for some reason. Oh, give me an example. Well, they explain like the reason why he's arriving to Raccoon City is because he got transferred there because like during training, he accidentally shot like his partner in the ass. 
Okay. And so, like, his only post or only job he can get was, like, in this, like, backwoods, like, city of Raccoon City. Mm. So, like, right off the bat, you know he's kind of, like, very... He's not exactly the most graceful cop around. All right. And then, like, many spoilers, like, he gets saved by Claire, like, more than once. So, it's like... Like, I understand, like, in Resident Evil 2, he's, like, the fresh recruit. He's kind of new to everything. But he's he's competent, though. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the film, he's not very competent at all. Like, he's, like, very clumsy. Um, he has, like, one really awesome moment at the end of the film. I'm not going to go into it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel earned because, like, well, like, well, hold on. Like, that's a different Leon than the Leon we've seen this whole movie. Like, like I can see it's the same person. But, like, this is a different person. Like, he has, like, a huge, like, 180 flip. Okay. To, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, very, like, he comes and, like, kind of, like, does something that's actually beneficial. And it's, like, done, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, this doesn't, like, fit or compute. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't blame the actor. It really, it is. It's just, like, the direction and, like, the dialogue. Some of the dialogue, he says, is pretty cringe. Okay. So, I don't blame him. I blame everybody who was involved with him. All right, so, so about the ending, did it look like, yeah, we're making another one? Oh, for sure, for sure. There's a mid credit scene. And it's it's pretty good, or is mm, it? They do one of the things where, like, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, one of the, there's finally get that, aha, there it is, payoff for, like, one of the characters. All right. Where we finally see the transition for one of the characters. is like, oh, now this character looks like the character they're supposed to be. All right. But I'll just leave it at that. Can I just guess it? You can guess. Wesker? Yes. All right. I'll just leave it at that. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's get into it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a movie podcast. Let's get into it like Johnny says. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Duo Sense Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one. You know him. You love him. Johnny. What's up? Got a got a mild headache, so if I lose my train of thought, just kind of bear with me. Johnny does kind of look a little out of it, so I appreciate that he's being a trooper and sticking this out. Uh, so Johnny, we it's the return of the Mac because you weren't here, you weren't with me last week. Mm-hmm. I actually had my friend Miko kind of. Really, I just had him on because we were both playing the same Pokemon game that just came out. Mm. So I wanted to kind of get his input on the Pokemon game, which you did hear, so you probably heard about that. You listened a little bit to that, yeah, yeah. So. That's why I wanted him on for his Pokemon expertise, but we're back to our usual format for today. Johnny, we have a couple of news items. We have a couple of stories. We have four, I believe. So let's not dawdle or dilly-dally. Let's get straight to it. Our first story comes from Kotaku. The best-selling console on Black Friday wasn't the Switch or PS5, but the Xbox Series S. Let's see. It appears that over the... Oh, and it's written by uh, Zach Zweizen, which is a name I always have trouble saying because we've read a couple of Zach articles before. It appears that over the Black Friday shopping period, it wasn't the Switch or PS5 that was selling like hotcakes, but instead the less powerful Xbox Series X sibling, the $300 Xbox Series S. This is likely due to a few factors, including its price and its availability on retail sites like Amazon. As reported by Business Insider, this news comes from the Adobe Digital Economy Index, which claims to have analyzed over 1 trillion visits to retail sites. So you did mention this, Johnny. You did mention like it was like visits or like digital, like logging. Yeah. 
and also surveyed over 1,000 retailers on what items were selling better than others. All of this data seemingly points to the big winner of the Black Friday shopping season being the tiny Xbox Series S. At first, this might seem surprising, but there are a few reasons this smaller Xbox is doing so well. For one thing, it's actually available at many stores. Right now, it's very hard to get your hands on a $500 PS5 or a $500 Xbox Series X. However, the Series S has been available to buy at various stores for days now, including GameStop and Best Buy. Another thing helping the Series S is Game Pass, which, again, that's the main reason I kind of want one. Between Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, and a large library of older and newer games, the service provides folks with a lot of stuff to play at a low cost. The Series S is all digital, too. So Game Pass is perfect for it. Finally, the lower price point is definitely helping to sell Xbox Series S consoles. I know a few people, not me, this is the author reading. I know a few people who normally wouldn't buy a console this soon after release or who never buy Xbox machines. However, many of them have Xbox Series S consoles. When I ask why, the answer often boils down to, well, it was cheap and Game Pass seems like a good way to play new games and indie things. Interestingly enough, Last year, Xbox boss Phil Spencer told Kotaku that he expected this, saying, I think over the generation, our expectation would be that price really matters and that you would see the Series S sell more. Johnny, I actually know a couple of people uh, who actually did pick up a Series S this past week over the large... It wasn't just Black Friday, but like Black Friday week because a lot of retailers started like their sales and stuff like as soon as the Saturday, maybe Sunday before. Mm-hmm. So this, I do have, it's not like an isolated incident. I do have like firsthand knowledge of people buying Series S's last week. So it kind of, what's the word? Corroborates? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that, Johnny? Do you think those are all valid reasons? Yeah, I kind of made the points I, I wanted to make. To me, the console just feels redundant. Like if you already have a PC or if you have... It's not the same though. I'll no. say that because on PC, well, if you have a powerful PC, you're kind of right. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing like what I do, where I stream it through XCloud, mm-hmm. like there is minor latency. Yeah. And then like, I haven't played Halo in the multiplayer because I know that the the lag is not going to benefit me. And then playing like uh, Forza Horizon Five, which I've been playing a little bit on on Game Pass. Um, it's not going to look as good streaming as it is like natively on a console. But is that latency worth a couple hundred dollars? If you're somebody who wants to play multiplayer games, yeah, it kind of is because otherwise you're at a huge disadvantage online. So, okay. and then at $300, that's a really low entry point anyways. Like that, it, it, they already stated that, but I'm just reiterating that like, yeah, at $300, like that's kind of like nothing. It's the, it's tied for the switch at that point. Yeah, that that too. Like, if I'm gonna get a console, I feel like maybe I should get a Switch for that money. Really? Right? Yeah, I feel like I prefer a Switch. Or if I save 150 bucks more, I can get a, a digital PlayStation. A hundred dollars more, yeah. Yeah. Or unless you're talking about like tax and stuff. Then, yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm just like, we keep saying that Microsoft doesn't care about the sales of the console; they just want the Game Passes, like the earner. Yeah. But how does this really undermine Xbox? You know, the the Series X, right? And if or are people are gonna feel like this is kind of a underwhelming uh, console, 
So maybe I'll just jump into PlayStation or I'll get a Nintendo and not bother about the X or like, I, I, well, how do you think the S is affecting the S, the X? Well, okay. I will tell you, I do have one friend uh, who I'm actually going to podcast on his podcast next week mm-hmm. who uh, had a Series S at launch mm-hmm. and now recently bought a Series X because the $200 like gulf between the S and the X for him was like it was worth the upgrade. So he he says he likes his S, but it not having a disk drive, mm-hmm. it being like not doing true 4K, mm-hmm. and he has like a really nice TV, and not having like a well smaller memory also smaller storage, mm-hmm. like all of those factors were starting to grate him with the Series S. And even though he only uses it for Game Pass, he likes to have multiple games st- saved natively, like stored natively on the system. On the system, for sure, yeah. So for him, he decided, like, you know what? I'll take the two hundred. I'll take the now five hundred dollar plunge because he's buying another one, not not like upgrading. He's buying another Series X mm-hmm. to go with his S, and I think he's gonna pass on his Series S to like his girlfriend or something like that. But for him, playing the S was like, okay, I got a taste of what it can do, but I really should have just gone all in on the X. In the first place. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Just go all in. Well, because now I also Unless have... Unless you already have a PlayStation, I get why you get it. But I also have another friend okay. who got an S because he was in my situation where he was trying xCloud. He's like, you know what? Like, this isn't the optimized, epi- the optimized uh, experience. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't care about buying games, so he doesn't care about the disk drive. He is okay with having the, was it the 1440, whatever that, yeah not true 4K, but better than 1080p. It's he's okay. Yeah, it's between. He's okay with that because he is a very tight with his money. Um, does he have a monitor? He does. Yeah, because that, it's not really a debate. Most people on forums like on Reddit say they rather have the high refresh rate than high, super high fidelity. Yeah. He has <laughs> so they'd rather have like 144, 120 instead of having 4k it's like choosing performance mode over like yeah. f- f- high resolution or whatever mm-hmm. yeah so I, I can kind of see that but so, also you're with the s you're dealing with latency too so to be fair the friend who's getting the series s like it, he's only getting it for game pass and ps5 is like his main like gaming system so the series s is only serving as like a supplementary role for the ps5 that he already has hmm so he's only getting it for like to cover the blind spots in his like gaming catalog, basically. But okay. but playing streaming over PC is not good enough for him. But at the same time, he does he doesn't want to go all in on the X. So there really is, I think there really is a model for all different folks. You know, they say different strokes for different folks. Like I I've seen that firsthand. There is people for each model. Yeah, for sure. But what I'm trying to figure out is how is this going to affect the gaming community in the long run? Oh, okay. How is it going to affect? the high-end xbox are you okay correct me if i'm wrong are you saying that by trying the series s people get a negative impression of what the x can probably do because the s is already not impressing them is that what you're saying yeah okay i can i can i can see that i can definitely see that but i think most consumers who go with a series s know ahead that they're gonna get something that's not as good as the x yeah, but the article is also saying like, oh, maybe it's just because they're out there, so it's a lot of parents buying it for the kids. True, and they're like, that's what's available oh, right now. Know. That's what it is, and well, that's kind of like what happened with um, with the uh, what you call it? I think the Wii back in the old days, where the Wii was, I mean, at first it was hard to find, but then it was like super easy to find, and then like the Wii was like two hundred fifty bucks, 
mm-hmm. compared to the PS3, which was five hundred and six hundred dollars. Remember? Yeah. And the Xbox three sixty, I think, was like four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So the low entry price point for the Wii, and then being family friendly, like all of that drove people to make the Wii the most like bought system of that. The Wii dominated that generation completely. Yeah. So I think I think they're smart with going like let's get them something in their household something new and shiny to play next gen games even if it's not the next gen experience that goes with them. Okay, so let's say Xbox Game Pass is not sustainable. Then what happens with the consoles? Well, they're saying supposedly it is sustainable, John. Yeah, but you're but you're speaking hypothetically. No, yeah, I want to make hypothetical. In that case, the only thing you can really do with the S is you just have to buy digital games off of the Xbox online store. That's the only thing you really could do. Okay. Because you're right. If if Game Pass isn't sustainable, all of a sudden, a lot of Xbox Series S owners are left out in the cold. Yeah. So you have to imagine that because of how much the Series S is surging, they cannot afford to not make Game Pass not profitable. Or at least, you know, uh, we call it uh, uh, not hedge. What do you call it when like you kind of just like let you're just burning fuel or like dumping money just in the long run for the for like a low low term or short term like gain kind of thing? What's the phrase I'm looking for? Do you want to think of or no? No. Where they're kind of just like hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging is what I was thinking. Like they're basically just hemorrhaging the loss losses just to keep it like to save face kind of thing. Yeah. So now they're probably just gonna double down on this. That and they're probably going to try to find a way to make Game Pass even more sustainable while without losing too much of like content. So like they might, I'm thinking they might pivot to like trying to get more indies on there to kind of like bolster. I was thinking too because if at they, a reduced cost, if they double down on the S, they're, they're, that's probably going to switch up how they make the deals for the games, right? I imagine so. Yeah, they might have to like look at like like we have to really keep Game Pass because that's the other than that, then the Xbox Series S almost becomes like a paperweight, almost. Not yeah. quite, because you can still just buy games off of the digital store. But no one wants. I don't think very. I, don't, I think the main driving force is Game Pass. I don't think people go for like. What's that. weird? What's weird too is, uh, like on YouTube or again Reddit, I'll see like polls, right? And the polls will be fucking nuts. Like, they'll tell you like which console do you want to buy, or do you prefer disc or or digital? And disc will be like eighty five percent. I I had to buy a disc. That's kind of wild. This like those polls aren't really reflecting reflecting what the market is saying, unless the market is distorted. Because you have to remember that the people footage. who participate like in Reddit polls or like people who are they're in the circle of like gaming who they don't ref, they don't reflect the average average consumer. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? So they people who are into like our circle of like gaming and tech and online, those people are gonna. It's going to be a, a different uh, sample size or polling sample than like people who are everyday Joes. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, good co- good talk, Johnny. Good talk. I was going to say conversation and I put conversation and talk together and it didn't sound right. <laughs> con talk? What? Co- co- anyways, we're going to move on <laughs> to some Resident Evil 4 news, Johnny. This yes. one comes from IGN. Uh, the story is written by Jared Moore. It says Resident Evil 4 remake concept art allegedly leaked by Wesker voice actor. At, when I first read it, it said like allegedly leaked by Wesker. So it made it sound like in universe, like Wesker, like as himself leaked, <laughs> like he sabotaged Capcom or something. 
All right. DC Douglas, the voice actor known for his portrayal, well, portrayal, portrayal of Resident Evil's Albert Wesker, has allegedly shared confidential concept art for the unannounced Resident Evil 4 remake, which at this point, everybody knows is like in production. We've been knowing since the Capcom leak from like two years ago or one year ago. Was it in there? Yeah, I remember that massive like Capcom hack. I thought that was like six months ago. No, that was a year ago, Johnny. Okay. I remember because I it was around the Black Friday of last year. That's how I remember it. Okay. So a year ago, Resident Evil Four remake was already leaked. I don't know. Yeah, it's not officially announced by Capcom, but like it's like a a very badly kept secret. As reported by VGC, the seemingly leaked concept art was shared on Twitter, according to tweets by the Beware Creepy VAs account. The image in question allegedly shows a sketch of the Wesk of the Wesker of the Wesker as he would appear makes this like a creature, the Wesker, as he would appear in separate ways section of the remake. Alright. And then the tweet says, So not only did DC Douglas break NDA, which is the non-disclosure agreement, on live stream by admitting to being Wesker in the separate ways portion of the new RE4 remake, but he also sent out concept art given to him by Capcom. USA. So he is in trouble, Johnny. Further tweets from the account go on to claim that others have also stated that Douglas shared images with them. The tweets on the thread on the thread allege that Douglas sent the image to a number of people despite knowing that he would be breaking the terms of his NDA in doing so, and asking them not to share it further. While it's currently unclear whether or not the images shared to the platform depict genuine concept art from the game. It's interesting to note that the actor has since deleted his Twitter account. Whoa. So he just nuked it. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Capcom is yet to issue a public statement confirming or denying the authenticity of the images in question. Rumors surrounding a potential remake of Resident Evil 4 first began early last year. Since then, reports in January suggested that the development of the game may have seen a change in leadership due to internal disagreements over its direction. According to those reports, the game's original developer, M2, has seen its role in the remake reduced with Resident Evil Studio Division 1 said to be now taking lead on the game. This change reportedly came after at Capcom and M2 held different opinions over whether the potential remake should introduce new elements and features to the Resi 4's gameplay. With no official announcement from Capcom over a remake of Resident Evil 4, fans aren't likely to see a release window for the game before quarter 4 of 2022 at the earliest all right so that's kind of it there uh johnny so breaking your nda your non-disclosure agreement is huge you basically tell people out there who are going to work with you potentially that you're not to be trusted Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like as close as getting blacklist as you can get so dc douglas uh if he's already recorded lines for the game i if i'm not sure if he hasn't, I'm guessing he's not going to be Wesker that much longer. But how did they confirm that they, he got them from Capcom? Did he said that himself? Yeah. I have to imagine he did. I don't know how else to see. He fucked up. Yeah, he really messed up. And then there's like allegations too that he's actually like a really creepy guy that he tries to like huh. supposedly... Uh... Where did that come from? Same no i saw that from a different thing that's why the the twitter account says beware creepy vas like voice actors that's the twitter account that reported the leak okay that he did that it's because he's like supposedly really sketched that he's tried to like seduce like fans and other things like that but 
But the uh, concept art itself looks pretty badass. It looks really good. Yeah, I was looking at the concept. I'm looking at it right now. Actually, it's right here on the tweet, and it actually looks like a proper like modern rendition of what Wesker should yeah, look like. Yeah, it looks toned down. He doesn't have like a big ass leather jacket or stupid. He's guy. not like Neo from Res- from yes, yes, Matrix. He doesn't have those glasses on. Well, he does have sunglasses. Yeah, but sunglasses. they were like very 2000-ish glasses. Yeah, very like minimalistic. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he actually looks really. He has like a he has like a uh, jacket, vest jacket, and a dress shirt underneath. Like he looks like sleek. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what the direction they're going for him. It looks really cool. And then he has like one arm that's like really bandaged and covered like in blood. So I'm wondering what that's about. Like maybe he has like a transformation or something. Yeah, it shows the the back and the front and mm-hmm. his so it looks pretty good uh i'm looking i I still think resident Evil 4 doesn't need a remake but it looks like we're past that point so there's no point in me talking it's fine it's like it's fine it's It's, okay yeah what doesn't really need a remake is six but i'm okay with it because that game really does need a better direction well i don't think they've announced a remake for six so that's oh you're just saying that's the one game you would remake like ground up yeah, because that game is terrible. It needs to be fixed, yeah. So, um, anyways, there's not much more to add to that. That's just kind of just news. There's just not much more to add or speculate on that. I'm assuming he's not going to be Wesker much longer. And Capcom, like, not saying anything. Yeah, they're not going to take... They're, they're probably... I imagine their legal team has probably told them to not comment on the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, don't comment on speculation or rumors or, like... If they acknowledge the concept art, then they kind of let the cat out of the bag. So they kind of just had to quietly take care of this, like behind closed doors, I imagine. So we'll probably hear, we probably won't hear uh, DC Douglas being canned. But I imagine when the game comes out, we'll recognize whether it's him or not. Yeah, and it doesn't say what stage of the game that was, right? Like, was it was it kind of like Capcom sending them the artwork to kind of pitch him, like, hey, this is what we're working on. Are you on board? I think they probably sent him concept art to kind of so he could know the tone for the character, maybe. Okay. Because I know, for example, like uh, video game composers, they sometimes get like artwork to kind of like influence the sound of the music. Yeah. They get like, they get shown like early, early like concept art and like test footage and stuff like that too. Like, like this is what you're going to be making the music to kind of thing. So I imagine for him, it's like, okay, here's the concept art of what your character is going to look like. Like, let that influence how you decide to like voice him this time around or something. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. So, all right next story Hold on, let me make sure are we still recording good we are okay <laughs> last time when i was when i was recording with Miguel last week like we did a test run and like it, it only recorded the first 10 seconds so like i'm glad we did the test run with him because we had to go back and fix it so anyways next article this one comes from the gamer which is not a person it's literally the name of the website the gamer one word and this is 343 Industries addresses growing concerns about Halo Infinite cosmetics triggered by the free Tenrai event. It says here, Halo Infinite multiplayer might be a smooth experience in terms of gameplay, but its cosmetic system is confusing beyond words. Fans have expressed their disappointment regarding this unpopular feature. Finally, eliciting a response from 343 Industries amid the growing unrest. The studio recently announced a free Fracture Tenrai event that will run for a week and will keep returning all throughout Season 1. However, there are multiple issues with Battle Pass, which fans may finally see addressed in-game. Halo Community Director Brian Jarrett commented on the situation on Twitter. He said that the team has heard the players' feedback loud and clear. 
However, he also mentions that since the dev team is on a break, changes will take time. On the one hand, it's reassuring to hear that player feedback is actually being considered and could result in some fundamental changes to the game's cosmetic system. Yet it doesn't mean we'll have to stick with it a little longer. Of course, it doesn't fix the issues with the current season either. Players have already expressed their discontent and are calling the Tenrai event announcement deceptive and frustrating. Moreover, the Halo subreddit is full of posts where players complain about the system saying they feel cheated. One such post even calls on players to not spend any money on microtransactions saying these prices are utterly ridiculous and a blatant smack in the face to those who were told all event armor pieces would be completely free. Another post mentions how players should be allowed to grind out all 30 tiers of the event pass in one week, rather than, progressing be- rather than progression being gated off. Clearly, there are some major fires 343 has to put out, and the delay is only going to make it worse. So Johnny, while I do have Game Pass, I have not played the Halo multiplayer. Yep. Uh, so I don't have that much to comment on this really, because I don't understand the frustrations. But... From what I've heard, aside from this article, like because my friend groups, I the people in my friend group are playing like Halo like pretty much every day, mm-hmm. and from what they've told me, they're like, yeah, progression in Halo right now is like very poorly made. It's very poorly done for the amount of effort you put in to like get like the next little like carrot on the stick kind of thing for the, on the battle pass. Like it's frustrating. Yeah. So, and then, like, a lot of, like, the cool designs for, like, the outfits and the armor pieces, like, they are, like, held kind of gated off behind, like, micro microtransactions, which, I mean, that's nothing new. I mean, Fortnite does that all the time, so. Yeah, I was, but I was going to ask, like, uh, what do you, what's, like, what's your limit for pricing for microtransactions? Because I don't mind them at all. So, the only, okay, the only one I actually do pay for is the one for Call of Duty, which is the Battle Pass, mm-hmm. which is like ten bucks every season. But, but if you save the points from the Battle Pass, if you complete the Battle Pass and you save up all the points and you don't spend the points, mm-hmm. you can use those points towards the next season's Battle Pass and not spend a dime on the next one. Or more skins. Or you can use it on more skins. I tend to just hoard them and then just use it on the next Battle Pass. That way, I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. So. I mean, with the COD, it's a little more fair. I don't know if all battle passes do that. Does Fortnite do that? I think you, it does, right? You yeah, get... they do that. And I think it's totally fair as long as they're not like surprise mechanics, you know? Right. If it's not like something like egregious or something. Yeah, or like Star Wars where it's a, some, like, some type of chest and you don't know what the fuck is in it, right? You just throw money at it. Hoping yeah, you get the it loot something. crates. Yes. Yeah. So as long as you see what you're getting, you see the price, that's cool. But it, it can't. It's got to be pretty consistent. As like, long as they're like, transparent, yeah. Like a skin can cost you anywhere from like eight to twelve bucks, something like that, right? I well on Fortnite, I noticed that like it, it varies greatly because they do like the bundles with like the glider and like the pickaxe and like, yeah, sometimes the they'll, they'll be fifteen bucks. Like yeah, I I it's cool to me. The price is high, but at the same time, with it being a free game, mm-hmm. uh, like you got it has to make money somehow. Keep the lights on. Yeah, so. I started Fortnite like a long time ago when it first came out, right? People mm. at work were like, John, try this shit out with me. We just, like, even if you don't like it, we could be on fucking mics just bullshitting. True. Mm-hmm. And when I first jumped on it, they're like, hey, get the, the pass. So I got the pass for 10 bucks. But after all this time, I kind of feel like, you know what? I've been having fun with this damn game, and it, I don't mind You're just your... getting some, some random skin or getting another pass because it's like... It's been good to me. Like I feel like, damn, I they do deserve this. Yeah, right? throw some 
throw some green their way. Yeah. So I think games like uh, Fortnite have been pretty fair with it. Yeah, game like games as a service, basically. Yeah. Live service games. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's kind of why I do the Call of Duty one, because like they do give you like so much... And even then, because the like Call of Duty has to be fair, like the the new guns they add every season. If you don't get the battle pass, you still get the new guns for that season. Mm-hmm. So that's not like pay to win. So the only stuff you're really paying for is just cosmetics, and the cosmetics is like what keeps you like interested longer because like yeah. working towards something like again that that carrot on the stick kind of thing dingling. Yeah, I heard some people who just don't care about cosmetics. Like to me, it's it's relevant. Yeah, it's super dope getting a new skin, and then you're with your friends, and you're like, you get to show it off. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I completely get that. I get that. Like now they have the thing in Call of Duty where, like, well, not now they've had it for like the last year, but like in when you're in the lobby area, like it'll be your character, and then like they have like a pet, like sometimes like a falcon or like a devil dog thing or Mm -hmm. like some kind of creature. Like they don't affect the gameplay because they are not with you in the gameplay. Like Mm -hmm. once the battle starts, yeah. But in the lobby, you get to, like, show off, like, the, oh, like, here's, like, my companion or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think Fortnite used to have that, right, with, like, yeah, like, the animals in the backpacks or whatever. Backplane? Yeah. Or you take them to the field. Do the animals do anything? Yeah. Sometimes oh, sometimes okay. I'll catch a character, and I'll notice he has one of those, and you could go up to the backpack and just, like, pet the dog or something. <laughs> yeah. Is that, like, a taunt or, like, kind of, like... Well, they have... Can like... you do it to enemies or... Well, if he lets you, I I don't know if it like if you get the drop on somebody, can you like pet their animal and then like take them out? Could yeah, that's funny, that's funny. So, yeah, I mean the only issue with these we talked about this before is like new people try to join, new companies try to join the live service game. And it's like how much mind share the public has for like these different games. Like only like the top of the top can like float to the top. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a little redundant. But you get what I'm saying. Like, not everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be Warzone. Everybody wants to be Fortnite. Everybody wants to be PUBG. Everybody wants to be Apex, and like, not everybody can. So, hopefully, it sounds like three four three is gonna fix this. Uh, I hope they do. I, they have to. I imagine at this point, because of how well Halo's doing, they're gonna be receptive to the finicky like consumers. Well, it's doing well, but I don't. I'm not sure about its longevity because, well, the campaign comes out next week. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. That's going to be, like, a week's worth of gameplay, and then people are kind of done with it. Well, that's what the multiplayer is there for. There's, they've already stated, like, they're going to support, like, with new content for this multiplayer mode for, like, the life of the rest of the game for until the next thing. But also, people are concerned about the level cap, because I heard Halo's level cap is really fucking low. Like, once you're through with it, there's not a whole bunch of, like, collectibles that you could do or, like, side little missions. Well, that's why they're doing the thing where they're kind of trying to filter out, like, the they're trying to hand out, like, the new content, like, little by, like, trickle it out. That's why players are frustrated that they can't just do it all at once. Because they're kind of, like... Yeah, the pacing just doesn't seem right. Yeah, so... We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see how that turns out for the community, like, in a few months or so. After the hype for the campaign has gone down. All right, Johnny, let's move on to our last story, shall we? The one, this was the one you were most excited about, I think. And this article comes to us from Eurogamer, uh, written by Ed Nightingale. Did I even mention, oh, I even mentioned the last one. The last one was Akshay Patel for the, for the Halo story. All right. Ed Nightingale says, Sony has reportedly patented, I'm sorry, patented, patented, patented. Johnny, how do you say that word? I forget. I get Patented? Patented. Patent, patent. It sounds weird in my mouth. 
Sony has reportedly patented a new controller for use with mobile devices. The patent was published by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Japanese division and shows a PS4-esque controller with a screen in the center. Only the controller is part of the patent, though, suggesting it would be used to slot a mobile screen in the center. According to VGC, the patent describes a left side grip portion and a right side grip portion gripped by the left and right hands of the user, as well as a shaft portion that can be tilted. That's very odd description. I'm reading what it says, Johnny. A shaft portion that can be tilted by the user and detect the tilting direction and tilting amount of the shaft portion. And make sure you use both hands. (laughs) PlayStation controllers. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. PlayStation controllers are already compatible with mobile devices via Bluetooth. That's true, Johnny. I actually played Game Pass on my phone with my PS4 controller. Mm-hmm. But this new patent would be in line with third-party controllers that bookend the mobile device. Earlier this year, Sony began a push into the mobile market. A job listing for head of mobile, PlayStation Studios, SIE, revealed plans to focus on successfully adapting PlayStation's most popular franchises for mobile. Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, later confirmed, We have been thinking about how players enjoy our content and have had some early success success hmm. with experimenting with mobile games. I don't like that. Hmm, Johnny. Floating slip right there. And apps to provide more choice to gamers. I, I can't finish this. You're making me laugh too much. Okay. Mobile is just one of the areas we are exploring to reach millions of gamers beyond our platforms. PlayStation has a huge catalog of diverse first-party IP that can transition to smartphone gaming and complement our AAA games or live service games. I hate that word, live service. We are exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation, PlayStation franchises, so please stay tuned. It says Wipeout Rush has already been confirmed for mobile devices coming to iPhone and Android in early 2022. So, Johnny, looking at the actual like patent, like the picture, uh, it looks weird just because it looks like a very elongated like PS4 controller, like yeah. side to side. But this is pretty cool because it reminds me of have you seen the Razer Kishi? No. So the Razer Kishi, I think it's Kishi or Kishki, I forget. But it's Razer is like a company that makes like PC devices and they have something like this. They call it like the dog bone or the wishbone, whatever the controller is for like where you put your phone in the center. It connects it to like the USB-C slot. And basically you turn your, your phone sideways and like the controller attaches to it. And now you have like a mm-hmm. kind of handheld gaming system. So this is what it looks like. It looks I think that's why like it must be like imagine you can like slide and adjust to the length of your phone like either side. And it probably plugs in like that way. It looks it looks comfortable. It does look comfortable. I will say that. Uh, hopefully, they, they get creative with it and they do like different colors for the controllers. It looks pretty cool. I like the, I like the design. What do you think about it? Well, it's dope. Like you mentioned, it's got the... It's like a broken control and you attach it to... It's like split down the middle. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've asked this question for the longest time. Like, why haven't they made this? Like, the, the mobile games are... I mean, the mobile... Market. Yeah, it's strong enough to produce like a decent quality, quality looking game. So why haven't they just made these peripherals for the? Yeah. Because I have a Sony Xperia, right? This seems like just to cut you off real quick. This seems like this would be the natural progression for like the next stage of what the Vita or PSP might have been. Like this sounds like a continuation where like they could just make software and like 
instead of making a new system, like here's your phone, attach it to this controller, and bam, that's your handheld. So go ahead. What were you going to say, Johnny? Something about Xperia? I have a Sony Xperia. Okay. And I've questioned this for a long time. Why doesn't Sony capitalize on this thing and try to express that this thing can run mobile games, right? Like, it sounds like they finally heard you, Johnny. Yeah. A little too late, maybe, but they finally heard you. Yeah, but they should market it that way. Would you, Does this appeal to you at all, Johnny, personally? Would you buy this controller depends for your games. phone? Yeah, it depends on the games. Would you use it if it just lets you do, like, um, what's it called? Where, like, you run your system, but it, it like, does it, you play it on your phone. No. The Mirror? The Vita used to have it. I forgot what it was called. I'm not doing that. The PlayLink or whatever? Not PlayLink. GameShare? Whatever it was. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. You're basically streaming it from your console, but like maybe like you're in the next room or something. I don't want to play any games that are intended for console on my phone. Okay. So if it's like a... Some games might make an exception, like Crash Team Racing. I'd be down for a mobile experience. Yeah, that wouldn't be that much different, I guess. But if I'm doing like God of War, Spider-Man, hell no. There's, <laughs> there's just too much going on on screen. They got to be like cool little top-downs or... Very simple camera stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Some puzzle, like it's. I'd be down if I saw like a. Because then you're losing too much of the detail. Yeah. And it becomes like clear. No, I agree with you. I was playing. I've tried Forza Horizon Five on my phone, and mm-hmm. I tried it on my laptop, the one we're using right now to record. Mm-hmm. And it runs, it runs a little bit better on my phone. But the issue is that the screen is much smaller, so like a lot of the pixels like kind of compressed. And so, like, you do lose a little of the fidelity a little bit. And also, like, playing a game that's that high pace, that high, like, frant- frantic, like, on a hand on your phone, you're, it just doesn't feel right. Right? I would play, like, Fallout on here or something that's, like, slower paced and a little more, like, methodical. Have you played, um... But not on my phone. Have you played the mobile games that are, like, the Go like Tomb Raider Go, have you seen that? I know what you're talking about because they have a Hitman Go too, but I have not played them. Tomb Raider Go is is great. Is it's perfect for for it's mobile? It's perfect, dude. The way the the camera is set up, it's like isometric. Okay. It's uh, puzzles. It's it feels like it really does feel like Tomb Raider. It's designed. It just, it just doesn't have like the guns blazing thing. Right. But everything else is there, like a little bit of parkour, core discovery, all that's there. So that type of like transition is is awesome. It would still have to be a tailor-made mobile experience, yeah, you're saying? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, i buy it if it has games specifically for mobile. What would the price point have to be for you? Because I think the Razer Kishi is like 60 or 70 bucks. You already have your Sony. You already have your buying with the phone. So from there on, how much more are you willing to pay for like a mobile PlayStation like experience? If it's just the, the controls that I'm getting? Yes. And maybe it has a haptic feedback? <laughs> that's a lot to ask i think for a well, mobile my phone has haptic feedback really yeah i didn't know that was a thing for phones it's got some rumble like but it it uh it activates according to the audio oh, okay so it has different levels on it but if it had the same thing but it activated according to the gameplay oh the price point for you be at most 60 no wow okay so pretty that's right about what the razor kishi is kishki is at so that's like no more than 60 so then like it would probably have to be like a toned down feature not feature less but the features would have to would have to probably be toned down for to hit that price point i imagine it would have to probably be a bare bones controller but it's not gonna have like the dual sense features i, I don't think no 
It, yeah. I mean, so why they not charge? at that price point? It would not have to. It would. Yeah. Not. So that's a seventy dollar controller, right? Take that out, and then it's probably not gonna have things like a. Uh, this control connects to your console and all that, right? It's I, I don't know. That would be cool if it could function as a second like PS4, PS5 controller. Like you just like connect it to the USB, like to the console directly. Would be that cool. would be dope. It'd be dope if if I can get that to mirror to the TV, which I could right now. Mm-hmm. But if it had something a little bit more fluid, like hey, connect this to the PS and PS will will drive it, right? I don't know. And okay. then it, it'll mirror to the TV. Uh, I don't know, but at most it'd be sixty bucks. Okay. Oh, how much would you pay? I think I'd go up to like seventy, maybe. Uh, beyond that, I would be very like hesitant. So, the thing is, I, I'm more interested in the marketing side of it. Like, will Sony market their Xperia as more than just a telephone and market it as, like, hey, it's specifically for, for the console experience. Like, it has this in addition, you know? I imagine, I, ima- imagine, I imagine in that case, if they like, okay, here's the controller, then they would have to ratchet up the marketing on the, on the phones, yeah. As, like, because they would have to be a pair, right? It would have to be a pair, so they would then have to like focus and promote the phones as well, just as much as the controller. Then, yeah, that makes sense. Because why would you market a, a controller without the the other half of it, basically, right? Would you? Because are you, are like, you saying do you think it would be compatible with like Android and an iPhone or what? I imagine it probably would. No. Yeah, but also if they don't want to lose out on like, because they know their phone's not is not exactly like the leading. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would have to make it like open for yeah. So when you described it about it like stretching, I was like, no, nah, I'm not really down for that. It it's cool if I don't have to take my case off of it, right? But at the same time, you probably I'd like, would have to. I think I'd like to have a control where it's like it fits perfectly in, and I don't have to worry about like fucking stretching and is it. It would have to be like I imagine a clamp that you can adjust. If you don't want to take off the case, I imagine it would have to be like a clamp you can adjust, and as long as it's one side. Whichever side you have it, open to the USB-C port on the bottom, mm-hmm. on the side of the controller. And then from there, you just plug it in and then like smush it, I guess, so it's compact. Yeah. That's the only way I could see that working. That's kind of like how the Razer Kishiki works. So. All right. Yeah, so that is our thoughts on that. Uh, Johnny, that was... Oh, the last question I had is, oh. do you prefer that or do you prefer a dedicated mobile system? I would prefer a dedicated mobile system because I like to have my phone free for phone stuff if I'm playing. Oh, yeah, we did have that discussion. I, I prefer that too, although I wouldn't want to get into mobile. Because it's annoying when I do play Game Pass on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll get me- messenger messages and then they, they take up all the screen and I'm like, ugh, like I have to like push them out of the way to continue what I'm playing. So I would like to have my phone free up for phone stuff. But is that a convenience worth the extra money? If I want to continue playing on mobile, it would be. I'm fine with just playing on my computer. So right. when I do play on mobile, it's like when I'm about to go to bed and like I'm like, oh, I'll just play a little bit more. And like I don't want to be at my computer. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, it's uh, it's a hassle when I get, especially because I'm in a lot of, I'm in a lot of discords, a lot of messenger groups on Facebook, a lot of like I have texts from people. Like I'm constantly getting interrupted when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have a dedicated mobile device, but I, I'm very particular. I think other people, most people would probably be fine with the phone solution that you propose. So just put notifications on mute, I guess. And then just unmute them when you're done. Yeah. So 
anyways all right johnny so that is all our stories for this segment today um only talk about what we've been playing i haven't seen you in two weeks at this point so i imagine you probably have something of substance to talk about what have you been i do not what I do not. you haven't played anything the last two weeks or you're just playing the same stuff that you've been talking I'm about i'm playing the same stuff uh i'll go first because mine's a shorter so black friday happened i want you to get into the games that you purchased okay but uh i there's nothing on my wish list that I'm like, this is the time. I got to get the show. Right so now. the store credit you had already, you didn't use it. I'm still holding on to it. Wow. I'm like, okay. I'm really trying to be strategic with it. Okay. Uh, is this going to be like one of those situations like where you get to the end of the game and you still have like the item that you never used kind of thing? No. That's what it seems like. Because what if you're just always holding off? Well, the reason holding I'm hold- off. The reason I'm holding off right now is because it's holiday season. Right? True. This is where we get some of the greatest sales for games. True. So it just makes most sense to hold it these, like, two months right here. Uh, the only game that's on my radar is Wastelands 3. Uh, it's an RPG. It's like a dystopian I do know Wastelands 3. Game. I have Wastelands 2 on Switch. Okay, so you can tell me about it later. That's A little bit. It's like an isometric Fallout. Yeah, it's it's an RPG. Yeah, shooter type of deal. deal. Mm-hmm. So I might get 3. Uh, all the other games on my list are like PlayStation Five games, you know. Okay. I PlayStation Five, so it doesn't make sense. Um. So you're holding out. You're holding out for the long haul, just like when we were playing Pokemon earlier. It's only until like the end of the year, but I'm probably gonna get Wastelands because it's on sale right now. Okay. Uh, I'll get Wastelands, and with that same credit, I'm still I'm still gonna have space for another game, and that'd be three games out of that. Um. So the only thing I've been playing is, of course, Fortnite. It's like you said before, your comfort game. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing a few rounds. What I'm most excited about Fortnite right now is that there's going to be an update. Uh, Fortnite's been around for like, what, four or five years? And there's about only four. been Four years? About four, yeah. And there's only been two chapters. So now we get into chapter three. Are they doing that? They're not doing like a season? It's a complete reboot in their chapter. Yeah, game? I think we're on like season eight of chapter two. So once you get to season eight, it's they do the chapters at the what the what yeah, they've yeah. been doing. Well, okay. the debate was, is it going to go to like nine and ten? But now they're saying it's finally the end. We're going to get to the new chapter. How different is a chapter from just another season? Well, this is where my excitement comes in, because I think they might just go with uh, Unreal Engine 5 instead of 4. Mm. and the, you've seen the like the visuals for 5 right it's not gonna look like it did on the Playstation 5 but it's gonna be a lot more photorealistic type of game yeah. yeah they might have shit in there that I, I wasn't expecting like they might have like some terrain deformations or like with new physics being played or like particle effects or what yeah maybe yeah they might have some of that because they would have to like update every single skin then no for that i don't know how that's or just upscale out. it yeah i don't know how that's gonna play out maybe they'll they'll get better textures possibly okay like you you play uh call of duty and that looks how many players is that excuse me my stomach's growling <laughs> uh i think it's in the hundred right for Warzone, yeah it's a hundred yeah yeah and it looks better than like that and apex they look better than fortnite does right well it's not that fortnite doesn't look it's it's a different art style completely too it's a yeah different it aesthetic. is but you walk up to stuff and you see like all these fucking it's more pornos. pixar-y than like you know yeah so 
if they are everything's rounded there's no rough edges everything's rounded out kind of yeah if they are transitioning to to five i'm really excited for that they didn't say they were going to have it until like 2022 Mm -hmm. but they might do it this time around they're also introducing like a sliding mechanic um that's about it uh a little bit of gran turismo here and there but Fortnite's just like the easiest thing just get in there talk to the people you already know you know what have you what have you, what have you been up to like what movies have you seen etc right so, okay so it's like your hangout game basically yeah all right is that it then yeah okay so i'm not going to talk about pokemon anymore because i don't want to bore our listeners with pokemon stuff from last week it's i finally beat the game i beat i beat brilliant diamond and it's just it's just more pokemon there's not much more to say that's all it is more pokemon stuff not that drastic of a difference from any other Pokemon game. Yeah, you're still working on Personas. No, I, fi- I, fi- I finished Persona 5 Royal. You said you had an additional a couple hours to go, right? For the complete... Oh, no, yeah, I'm past that already. I'm way past that. Okay. Yeah. I finished it that week when I said that. I mm-hmm. finished it over that weekend. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm completely done with Persona 5 Royal. I actually missed the characters from that game, which sounds weird, but I missed that game. But I'm done with it. There's no point in going back to it. So uh, so I picked up a couple of the games during the Black Friday sales. Uh, I picked up Far Cry 6, mm-hmm. Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Tales of Arise. Yep. Of those, I've completed Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm currently about a third of the way through Far Cry 6. I haven't been playing that much of it because I've been distracted with like family stuff and work stuff since I've gone back to work now. Over vacation's over, so I've been kind of distracted. Uh, so I'm just gonna talk about Gardens of the Galaxy just real quick because I kind of talked about that last week also when I was with uh, with our friend with my friend Miko. So Gardens of the Galaxy, I completed that game. It is by far one of the better games I played this year. It's also, huh? Yeah, I figured you'd say that. It's, I feel like this game was negatively affected by the Avengers, like, game from, like, last year, where, like, people saw, like, Eidos Montreal, they saw uh, Square Enix and Marvel, and it's like, ah, it's gonna be crap, right? But I was, I was, I was correct in my assessment from when I, when we first saw Guardians of the Galaxy over the summer, I said, this game is probably going to be better because it's not a live service game. It's a single player game with a focused character. You're playing only you only play as Peter Quill. So that means like you the the work that goes into the game doesn't have to accommodate five different characters. It's just Peter Quill. Now you can use the other characters to like have them do like an ability where they can they like jump in like you can like target an enemy and then call like Gamora or Drax or Groot or Rocket to like do a special like move on them. And then there's like a cooldown. So basically what you're kind of doing is you're kind of just cycling through the various characters and just waiting for like, you can attack in the meantime, of course, with Peter, but you're also kind of keeping your eye on the cooldown meters to see who can you use next kind of thing. Because that's what most of the gameplay runs around you using their abilities to like wear enemies down. Mm-hmm. So uh, the story is really cool. Uh, some of my favorite Marvel characters who I did not know were going to be in it were in it. Uh, I think one you're gonna be very interested in one of them, Johnny, because you're talked about this character a lot. Wolverine. No. A certain warlock. What? He's in the game. Yes. Okay. Many spoilers. You you find about him early on. 
And then, yeah, there's another Marvel character that's, like, really cool. I'll just say he's, like, he's tied to Iron Man, who's in the game. Iron Man's not in the game, I'm sorry. The character is tied to Iron Man's, like, mythos, kind of. Who's in the game? War Machine. No, not War Machine. You're not going to guess it. Don't guess it. That's No, it's not War Machine. Don't, you're not going to guess it. That's fine. But uh, the story is really cool. The characters, like, the facial animations are really, really good. They look very, like... You can tell like a lot of effort was done and was put into like the mocap mm-hmm. where like their expressions when they cry, when they laugh, when they're angry, the banter between the characters feels like you're watching like one of the Guardians of the Galaxy's movies and everything just is well polished. It's really well made. Uh, the music, the, the soundtrack is really cool. It's made up of a lot of like 80s music that's not from the movies, mm-hmm. but is very like, like I could see these songs being in one of the movies kind of thing. Okay. But it's a different soundtrack from it's not volume one, it's not volume two, it's its own separate thing. So it's really awesome. Uh there's a little bit of um uh I'm trying to remember what's that song? The 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 Bonnie Tyler one. Do you know, you know Bonnie Tyler? Uh, the, the turn around. Yeah, dude, I've been thinking about that song this week. Really? Yeah, often. That's weird. Yeah. that's random anyways that one and then like the what's that one from i'm trying to remember her name it's the they played in ink in talladega nights that one song the we belong we belong we belong together don't know okay anyways it's an 80s soundtrack it's really cool um the story is there is moments that are like actually like very emotionally deep where like I actually kind of teared up at one point because the without spoiling too much the game is very much about grief and loss and how to process grief. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that without diving further into it and like the way the characters like relate to each other and the stories they tell and like how they get over that like because each character gets their own moment to shine. Drax has like a a chapter kind of dedicated to him. Rocket has a good chapter. Day. Gamora has a good, they each have like their own moment, like spotlight to kind of like show them as not just part of the guardians of the galaxy, but like they're their own individual in realized characters. Mm-hmm. And for Drax, it's like very emotionally heavy for Gamora. It's kind of it more. So if you have siblings, you can kind of imagine where I'm going with that. And like, Groot's probably the least impressive one because it's just a tree. He's Groot. Like he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not too deep, you know. <laughs> but like Rocket, you know how Rocket has that angst about being like kind of like a monster, right? He's not like a normal creature. Yes. Yeah. So like each other. Far could you go with Groot? It'd be like my mother died in a forest fire. <laughs> Some random shit. It's uh. It's like uh. We call it uh. The guys that wear flannel. A lumberjack. A lumberjack. <laughs> his, his arch nemesis. <laughs> He sees the axe and he like clenches up kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but like Peter with his like his mom and his dad, like they each get like their moments to shine. And like it kind of ties back to the central theme of the game mm-hmm. about loss and like how to like process and grieve and all that stuff. And it's like really beautifully done. Like I got really emotional. So it's about, I want to say 13, maybe 12 hours long, the whole game. Mm-hmm. I got it for 30 bucks, which is not that bad. At 30 bucks, I think it's a good price. You're going to, I think you would enjoy it, Johnny. Now, unfortunately, because I bought the physical PS5 editions of the games that I mentioned, you can't play them, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, what I yeah. should have done, 
retroactive, like looking back, I should have just got the PS4 versions and just done the free PS5 upgrades on the system. Mm-hmm. That way you could have played the PS4 versions, but I can't do that. And for that, I apologize. Uh, it Whatever. I'll get the... So, get finish Guardians of the Galaxy. That was fun. Uh, finish Pokemon. That's done. Right now, I'm about a third way, a third through Far Cry 6. And... Really, it's just more Far Cry. Like, they did not bother to, like, change the formula. It's very much... do. It's like Grand Theft Auto. If Grand Theft Auto was about fighting a revolution rather than crime. Mm-hmm. So, you're just going from mission to mission... You're making social like bonds with these characters who introduce you to new characters who add more missions, which is like the Grand Theft Auto like formula. You can steal cars and go driving around the island. You can swim, thankfully. Um, it's just a first person GTA in a way. Okay. Like your weapon wheel, like the weapon wheel is the same thing like in GTA Five where you choose your weapons and stuff. You earn currency to buy ammo. A lot of the combat looked a little too hectic for the spaces. There is time. Well, I play it more stealthy. I play it very stealthy. Okay. In the few moments where stealth fails and I just go commando, I do have a hard time figuring out what's going on. Because, like, when I have companions, if I'm playing stealthy, like, my companions, like, they play stealthy too. When I go, like, full out combat, they end up getting downed a lot because I'm not paying attention to what they're doing. I'm just focused on what who I'm facing, and I'll turn around and, like they've been down. I have to like revive them. Like what happened? Like what were you doing when I was looking away? Because mm-hmm. there's like a lot of chaos. There's a lot of like explosive barrels like on every street corner. There's just like there's like checkpoints and there's just so much like visual stimulation. Okay. What were you gonna say? Commando. I love that word. I was it was a random question. What's your imagery when you think commando? When I think of commando, I think where I'm not trying to be subtle. I'm going out with heavy weapons uh-huh. and I'm just kind of just running out. I'm not trying to take cover anymore. I'm just blasting. I think about the guy from Resident Evil, director's cut, the guy with the two machine guns. It's supposed to be Chris Redfield, yeah. Okay. On the cover, right? That's a badass cover. Like he's losing his fucking mind. Ah, yeah. yeah. Which neither of those guns is actually in the game, by the way, which is weird, but what are what are those guns? I think one of them is an assault rifle and the other one's a light machine gun. I could be wrong. I was going to say, is a Barrett a light machine gun? The Barrett is a sniper rifle. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. Technically, it's an anti-material rifle. It's designed for disabling vehicles, but that's neither here nor there. There's no sniper rifles in Resident Evil. At least not the first one. They need to have that shit. Yeah. Um, So, Far Cry. If you've played any of the previous Far Cry games, it's not that different. What is different is the game looks gorgeous Mm -hmm. in on ps5 at least the game looks really good facial animations look so good like the so the main villain is the giancarlo esposito Mm -hmm. the actor we've seen from breaking bad he's also uh moff gideon in mandalorian he's uh a few other characters and other stuff but he's he always plays the bad guy right so he's like the main villain like when you see like his face in the game like it looks photorealistic like you see all the imperfections like the dimples of like past like facial scars like he has like the moles the textures everything that's like on the real character actor mm-hmm. is like in the game so the game looks like photorealistic at times the the tone of like you're in this backwoods, like third world country, Hispanic country. Like the music is like there's Richter's uh, "Living the Vida Loca." It's like one of the songs. Like and your character, like if you listen to a song enough times, 
your character actually starts to sing along when you're like driving around. Mm. So if a song comes on over the radio, he'll like if it's a song that you've heard more than once by that point, he'll start to like sing the lyrics along. But you say when you're driving, so you like pause it and no, or you move the camera or what? No, it's in first person. The driving's in first person. Okay, because you look, you're driving, but you're driving the car in first person. Yes, I'd assume you look at the back of his head. No, it's from it's from like you see the steering wheel and then you see like the window. So it's yeah, it's from you're seeing it from his from his eyes. Okay. So you see your hands, you see the steering wheel, and like the open window in front of you. All right. So yeah, you don't see your character except for like certain areas where there's like a central hub, and then all of a sudden for some reason the camera switched from from first person to third person. It's weird. I don't know why it does it, but it's I guess to help you navigate the camp or whatever. But that's the only time it's it's not in first person. Um, just like in past Far Cry games, you can like hunt like the wildlife to like get materials to make like new pockets or new like increase your storage capacity for like different weapons and stuff. Yeah, so the the combat feels right. Like the guns all feel great. Guns feel great. The gunplay in Far Cry as since at least Far Cry Three has always been like really good. The gunplay feels right. The melee feels rough though. I don't like the melee. You have like a machete. And I feel like the input is delayed. Like when I'll try to mach- hit somebody with a machete, it like pulls it out like a second after. The melee does not feel refined. How about characters like Chicharron? I don't have Chicharron yet. That's a rooster, I think. I thought right? it was a dog. No, that's Chorizo. Chorizo, okay. The little wiener dog with the, like the broken yeah. legs. Yeah. That dog is adorable. Right now I have uh, Wapple, which is the alligator with a shirt. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's always with me on my missions because I just love that alligator. You, you can like, if you go up next to him, you can push square. You can like pet him and it's like funny. So what is it? Like he just, he's just chilling next to you and then he just. You can like, you can highlight an enemy and there's like a special button. There's a, well, I, forget, I think it's, I think it's R1. R1, like if you highlight somebody, you press R1 and like you like sick him on that person. Mm. You can also like point, you can also like highlight like a certain area if you want him to like be out of the way. Like you can like highlight, you can like target with R one, and he'll just he'll go there and just like be on standby. So is that a new mechanic? To the no, world? they've had they've had those kind of companions since at least Far Cry four, maybe. I'm thinking, I know for Far Cry five for sure because you have the you have this big bear grizzly bear called Cheeseburger with you. Mm, that's right. You told In me Far that. Cry five, yeah. I think Far Cry four because I didn't finish Far Cry four. That's the only. one. Of three from three onward, I finished all of them except for four, and I think in four, you might have companions, but they're not like animal companions. So what is this thing up in here recently where they say they got to change up the mechanics or the formula? I mean, if you played any Far Cry game, at least from three onward, it's more. It's just more Far Cry. So they, what do you think they they could adjust? I don't know if it really needs adjusting though. That's the thing. It's like. I, I don't know what the players are saying on like the feedback or the surveys from past games. Does the plot tend to develop the same way? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you have the central villain. Just like in 5, you have the central villain. Mm-hmm. But, like, each area of the map is governed by, like, one of their lieutenants who gets, like, some backstory. That's always cool. I don't see how I could get tired of that. Like, but they do the same thing here where, like, okay, if you want to get to the main villain... You gotta get past like his regional like lieutenants who all are like individual characters with like a story. Yeah, exactly with the lords kind of Mm -hmm. thing. That's exactly they've they've done that with every. I think with Far Cry Three, they just had one. They had one villain halfway through the game, and then the second half of the game had a different villain. Mm -hmm. Far Cry Four 
did a similar thing where you have regional lords, I think. Far Cry 5 for sure. We had like the three other like siblings before like the main villain. And then like they're doing the same thing here where like he has regional lieutenants. And then you take out the regional lieutenants and you like free that part of the map. And then you move on to the next part. You had to clear all the maps to close in on this one section, like the main capital where the main villain is. Mm-hmm. So it is very formulaic. You're doing the mission variety isn't that great. It really just boils it down to like save this person from, you know, being executed or from prison. And it's like there is like side activities like you can do races. There is like side stuff. You can uh, you get you can get like a wingsuit. There's like challenges for the wingsuit. There's like miscellaneous stuff that it's kind of just thrown in there. It's like of no consequence. The the cockfighting with the with the roosters is basically just Tekken with just roosters. Okay. You can collect roosters and you can like have them like fight. Like you put the inputs and like the that is dope. and the rooster That's fights cool. other roosters. Uh, I think P- Peta was upset about that because you know fuck Peta. So, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much. All I can really, I haven't completed the game yet, so I can't say much more. But like, if as long as it holds steady and doesn't like get worse, I think I'll be happy with the game. Yeah, I gotta clarify. Uh, being good to animals is great, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fuck with your animals. But Peter kills a lot of fucking animals, just so you know. I've heard of that they have to put anim- they put dogs down because of uh some kind of like housing or like storing them or something issue yeah it seems like sometimes they take them from good families i've heard and they rather the animal not belong to a, a decent family and they just take it and they end up euthanizing them anyways which seems very counterproductive to their whole message yeah so good things to be worried about uh that's about it that's a far cry i haven't started death loop yet i'm gonna go to death loop after i finish far cry i want to get to death loop at least before the game awards arrive Mm-hmm. so that way when we do like talk about it like i will be better informed to say like oh yeah this game if it, it assuming death loop wins and i can say like oh yeah death loop deserved it or resident Evil village deserved it more uh the other nominees for game of the year are metroid dread which was not on sale it's still 60 bucks uh take two uh it takes two was on sale for 20 bucks and for i was just like it doesn't seem like my type of game it didn't hit the mark because I was on my list too, but I was like, I think I saw it for twenty five, but I saw it for as low as twenty at GameStop. Yeah, I was like, nah, no, I'm not. I wouldn't pay. I, it might be great. It's it might be. Quality. It just doesn't. It, it it doesn't grab me the way. Yeah, for it me should. that's like fifteen bucks around there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I just I was like ah, I'd rather use that money for another game that was on sale at the time. Mm-hmm um what was the other oh ratchet and clank was like 50 bucks that was still more than i was willing to pay even though it was down from 70 i would pass on ratchet and clank it looks really good that's a game i want to play like at a 25 dollar like looks margin great but the mechanics i don't know but it's like playing a movie it's like playing a pixar game and then the other one was psychonauts 2 which was not on sale like discounted at all so i ignored that one so I mostly just bought games that I was interested in just because I'm interested in regardless of like whether nominated or not. I saw a little bit of m- more of Psychonauts because he told me it was a new iteration mm-hmm. of the previous game. Mm-hmm. So I saw a trailer and that shit made me dizzy. Like there's so much like warping going on. Yes. And I was like, fuck this. I wouldn't play this. But that's like a very you problem though because yes. of like you're yes. like you're very sensitive to like motion graphics and like certain things. Yeah, yeah. So 
but uh so yeah i think we're fully caught up on have i am i playing oh you know what i did start i re-downloaded uh star wars knights of the republic on switch it's not too soon no because the remake's gonna be completely different this is like the original this is a port of the original 2003 game yeah but was the remake coming out not the remake but yeah the remake is supposed to come out i don't think there's an official release date yet but no sooner than like this time next year no sooner than that well that's what i mean is it like too soon you know because i want to i want to i haven't played this game in over a decade actually so i wanted to kind of like like oh yeah like what are some things i should look out for or like what can i go into the the remake thinking of like does it nail this feeling i wanted to kind of like have a frame of reference for when the remake comes out because it's not going to be like uh, it's not a remaster johnny remember it's not a remaster it's like a ground from the bottom from the bottom up remake yeah just like how final fantasy 7 to final fantasy 7 remake are drastically different yet very similar yeah so that's about it johnny i think that's all we have to talk about did you have any other stuff you wanted to throw in some random stuff <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah uh we're gonna next week is probably gonna be the game predictions what we think is gonna win yeah we could do that for more of the categories i think i think we we touched on it briefly the last time we recorded like two yeah. weeks ago but I think you're, I think it would be, yeah, I want to look at more of the categories and kind of make what I think is the educated guess of what's going to win. That sounds, that sounds fine. We can do that. Yeah. So next week we'll do predictions and hopefully I would have played more games by then so I can be better informed by that point. So yeah, this is actually kind of a short episode. I thought we we're going to have more to talk about, what but what are we at? We're at about an hour 17. That's cool. So in the words of our cousin Joe, like when it's time to end it, you you know it in your bones when it's time to end it. So, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't. No. Oh, well, well I have less than that anyway. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, thank you very much uh, for listening to us as you've kept up with us uh, throughout this year. Last year, it seems like right. Yeah. Of our podcast, so we appreciate it. Uh, we know we have some. We have some loyal listeners out there, so thank you very much. Uh, if Don't forget. You, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Don't forget. Use both hands. Oh, God. <sighs> you ow, you, you know, can cut that out. You know, no, I'm not no, going to cut it out. That's a little awkward. No. No, I was going to say, I think I had... Let me check real quick. I think somebody did send us an email. Okay. Uh Oh, shoot. You know what? No, it's going to take me too long to bring it up. I'll say it for next time. It's fine. I'll say it for next time. Because it's going to take me too long to like go through my email and search through it because I get a lot of spam and stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, the you can reach us at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that is duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. I know Johnny gets irritated when I say at yahoo.com, but that's what it is. And that is all. So, thanks, and we will see or hear from you next time. Peace. Bye.